Welcome to Chance Time, a another generic video game podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Speakman, and we have another host with us, Curtis Lowe. Hi, but I'm not hosting. And, Just to and, clarify, we don't want to make anyone confused. Another host, Paul Bills. Oh. Hello, I am hosting to make everyone confused. <laughs> And we are the three hosts who simultaneously host this podcast. So, right off the bat, I got a question for you guys. Do you think video game genres you're familiar with have become like books? In the sense that you start a book and sometimes it takes like a few chapters before you start really getting into it. Like you have to kind of sift through the the beginning, but then once you get to like a good part, you're in for the rest of the book. Um, Silence is not some, (laughs) some games are like that. I wouldn't like say like a whole genre is like that. I, I feel like for me, Playing uh, the game I'm specifically thinking of is is Tunic, where it's a a genre I'm familiar with. It's like a Zelda-like type of game. It's got some mystery to it. It's like a your classic indie style game, and I liked it from the beginning, but I wasn't like addicted until I got past like the first few starting parts and now it's all I want to play. And same with like a Metroidvania. I've played mm-hmm. so many Metroidvanias, but I know I really like them. So sometimes I'm like, okay, this is another Metroidvania, but then once I kind of get into it, it starts to hit a little bit more. For me it's when you get the that like if it if it has a really good like traversal ability like a good dash yeah. or something and you get that yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah, I'm locked in now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or in like a dark souls, like a from software game. Once you start getting to like the really weird enemies is when I get really hooked too. It's <laughs> like, everyone's got like the, you know, like kind of zombified night dudes and you know, that's pretty normal. But then you, after a while you start finding some weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think, a lot, I think a lot of people classify RPGs as that way. Like every RPG starts slow, but you need to get some abilities, get some party members. Yeah. And then, then it gets fun. But I think my problem is if I'm not interested from the beginning, I just drop it. So okay. yeah. I think there's I think there's games that I've started that might have been that way, but I just got too distracted by other things. Mm-hmm. I I do have that happen to me a lot as well, but I, I feel like there are specific genres that they hook me. Anyways. Well, yeah, I guess I should also clarify, like, some of the longer RPGs I've played, like Persona 5 or... Um, Tales of Arise. Probably other people would describe them as like starting slow, but for me, they did not start slow, and that's why I actually am playing them or like have played them, and I'm currently playing Persona Five past like the 
two or three hour mark. Whereas like League of Legends or Ruined King, the League of Legends game did not hook me and I dropped it. And I still wonder if I'll go back to it, but I have not yet. So I guess some games other people might describe that way, but I don't. Yeah, some of the games that I enjoy, other people might say, you just got to give it time. But I don't feel that way myself. And that's why I actually keep playing it, if yeah. that makes sense. That is one of my biggest gripes with TV. Mm, where yeah. when someone says, oh, you got to get past the first season. I'm like, well, that's a lot of time. Yeah, it's a lot of right. time to watch something that you don't really enjoy. And <laughs> not be into it, yeah. <clears throat> But I don't know. Sometimes I'm in the mood for that to just grind <laughs> away. Uh, sometimes I can tell I will like something. And the example I give of Tunic, like I did like it every second I played, but I guess the hunger to see what's around the corner is now uh, uncontrollable for me. So on that note, Let's get into our our segment we call uh, Mike Streckerberg's One Thing, or also called One Thing, First Things First. Uh, and other things. And other things, yeah. <laughs> uh, Great. I'll, I'll start. I'll start us off. All right. So... I got to talk about this. Haven't had a chance to talk about it. Uh, I th- uh, a long time ago, a man named Paul Bills mentioned a game he was playing Uh-oh. called Beat Star. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> a phone application, if you will, that is basically Guitar Hero Light. If you listen to this podcast. You know that we've talked about it a lot. Paul Bills was Beat Star Super Champion <laughs> for a while. And his enthusiasm caused me to download it. Um and it is a great phone game for me. I know some people disagree with that, but I got hooked onto it as well and it's a great like you got five to ten minutes you can try to beat one of your scores on one of the songs so i paul paul got into the leaderboards which is something i never even thought was possible in a game uh and beat star is essentially a pay to win type of game (laughs) um And so it seems even more daunting and impossible to do such a thing. But Paul, you inspired me. And you you spent little money, but you you got some donations. You spent some money. I did. I did. Yes. Um, And so I, I continued to play this game and it continued to be fun for a long time. And it got to the point where I was close to having all the songs, which unlocks you unlimited play. And then they added a new season pass type of thing. And because I had so few songs left. I. Was I was like, this is worth it. 
I will get a lot of songs out of this. And so I did that. I did the next season pass. And then finally, I had all the songs. And when you have unlimited play, the game is a lot more enjoyable because when you don't have it, you hit a wall and then you have to wait a few hours before you can play again. Um, but once I had the unlimited play and locked forever, I just continued to play it. And then I started setting some mini goals for myself. And all of a sudden, I was doing better than I thought I could have done in this game. But I was still far away from the leaderboards, but I was, I was still having a good time. I think I got the next season pass just because I was like, yeah, I want to want to get more songs and it's still a pretty fun time. Cut to a little bit ago and I'm getting closer and closer to the leaderboards. I'm like, maybe I can do it. I beat Paul on the leaderboards, but only because <laughs> I had more songs than him at this point, because Paul at this point had kind of fallen off the game. And it never felt right. I was like, I'm technically higher than Paul, but I'm not better than him. He's got a higher average score on everything. But my new goal was I got to make it on the leaderboard. That's all I care about. And so. Uh, the, the most recent season pass, the last season pass I will ever get came out. And <laughs> I used my surplus of the in-game currency, the diamonds to just skip through that season pass and cheat my way to the top, baby. <laughs> and I was 55 in the U.S. for a couple hours and slowly dropped from there. <laughs> you did it. What a journey it has been. I'm still playing. <sighs> I, I think my new mini goal I'm going to play for or, uh, set for myself is... I'm going to try I, I'm friends with uh, some friends of the show that, that added me through discord. I think my new mini goal is going to be to try to get the highest average score out of everybody. Oh, wow. We'll see. I, I'm still falling behind on the extremes compared to. To you and Sam. Yeah, but I did beat one of the harder levels i have the highest score on that now the iron maiden one and oh, so that song is fun yeah it is really fun and so i i can see myself getting better i think my mini goal before that is going to be to uh get a medal on each song in the game which i'm only missing some on like five to ten extreme songs but some of those are really hard. And I got a medal on a couple, but I also cheated and used, used the, the diamonds mm. when I messed up. And I was like, I'm so close. I just got to do it. Yeah, I have, I have used diamonds on some extreme songs. Rare, rarely, but sometimes yeah. you just got to do it. Yeah. But oh, what a great phone game. Truly great. And I should point out that 
I used almost the exact same strategy to get to number 12 on the U.S. leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, uh, it's not like I did anything more noble. <laughs> beautiful, though. It, it's yeah. crazy to me that there are multiple people in the first few spots that now have perfect scores on every song. Yeah, that's extremely intense. I still do not have a single perfect score. Yeah, I got I'm close. very close. Yeah, I have like three perfects instead of perfect plus. Yeah, like three three notes, and so I tried on a couple of those songs a few times, but it just it just did not happen. So I I just didn't push myself to, to get it enough. Yeah. But so you did it. I did the it. Saga. The saga. Other than that, I've been weirdly playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 during every lunch break. Okay. And I don't understand why I'm doing that. But I am having a great time. And then I'm playing Tunic and Vampire Survivor still. And so... I am surprisingly, I wouldn't say I'm playing a ton because I'm also swamped with pre-wedding stuff, but I've got a variety in my life, at least. Yeah, that's a healthy mix. Also, there will be a lot of video games at the upcoming bachelor party, so I think that will be me hitting my, my cap for my life <laughs> of making sure I get exhausted of video games before I take a hiatus from the podcast for a brief moment. Don't worry. It'll come back. That never, that never truly leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the, uh, the part in hot rod where he's like, he learns that his dad didn't die in a cool accident like he thought. And then it shows him at the grocery store with like a suit and tie on. But he's filling it with a lot of alcohol. So that might be the difference of I'll just be in a suit and tie performing my duties of adulthood. Curtis. Duties of adulthood by Brian Speakman. Curtis. <laughs> yes, hello. Please. What is what is something that has been on your mind this week? Well, we talked about it a little bit already before we started recording, but uh, Towerfall. Um, so backstory, I guess, or to to give you the setting. Um Friday was my birthday, so some people came over to hang out. Um and we were trying to decide what game to play. Ryan was there. And we played Jackbox for a while. Um, because not everyone that was there plays a lot of video games, you know? Um, but... I, I'm i going to correct you. I would say majority of the people there. Yeah, that's right. We're yeah. not the majority. really game people. <clears throat> um, so we're trying to decide what to play. And what were we waiting for? I feel like we were waiting for something. And we're like, we'll just play this while we wait. I can't remember what we were waiting for. Well, you you were oh yeah, we were waiting for one of your 
relatives to come because he would want to play board games. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. So one of my brother-in-laws was, he was getting there a little later than everyone else. So he wanted to play board games. I knew who he'd want to, so we didn't want to start without him. So we're trying to decide what to play on the switch while we waited. And we ended up playing Towerfall just because you can play with up to six people on the switch version, which was great. Um, and like the first few rounds were fun. People were like asking a lot of questions about what was happening. Um, but then they started getting the hang of it. And I think people really honestly enjoyed it a lot. So it ended up being a lot of fun. Even people, you know, that aren't really into video games were still able to have a good time with Towerfall to the point that um, after Ryan had left, everyone was like, yeah, let's try Towerfall again. And my one brother-in-law that wasn't there to play it before, it's like, oh yeah, that sounds like fun. I want to try it. So we played it some more then. Um, and then Sunday, uh, all the family came back over for a uh, family dinner that evening. And then we ended up playing Towerfall again then too. And I'm pretty sure my one brother-in-law um, bought it Saturday, the following day after he played it. He just went onto his Switch and bought it. So it was a hit and it was funny to see how everyone kind of reacted to it. Um, like my one, my sister-in-law, I noticed she like, I don't feel like she hardly ever shot anyone with an arrow, but I feel like she jumped on so many people's heads. I feel like at least half <laughs> her kills were just bopping people on their head, which was really funny to me. Will you uh, explain to the audience what Towerfall is? Oh yeah, of course. Towerfall. Um, I've never actually played like the campaign or story mode or whatever it is. So Ryan, you can jump in after I explain the multiplayer, I guess, if you want. So I don't really know like what the story is or anything, but it's just like a, it's a 2d pixel art uh, game. The switch version lets you play with up to six people. I think the rest versions just do four players. I'm assuming. Correct. Um, but uh, yeah, so you get, um, if anyone's played Celeste, it's the same people that made Celeste. This is what they made before. And so it's got the same jumping mechanics. It has the dash, um, but then everyone has a bow and arrow and you shoot arrows at each other. And that's essentially the game. It's a one shot, one kill, like one shot kill thing. And you can jump on people's heads to kill them as well. Um, but if you dash, if someone shoots an arrow and you dash into the arrow, you'll catch the arrow. And when arrows are shot they like stick to the wall or the ground or whatever you can pick them up for ammunition um so you only have start with like maybe two arrows i think so you end up picking up arrows bumping into other people still their arrows that kind of thing um and there's power-ups shields different types of arrows like bomb arrows i like the bramble arrows they're kind of fun they'll, they'll if they hit the ground or a wall the like bramble thorns grow out of it and if anyone touches it they'll die um yeah, and there's a lot of different variants, like options that you can choose as well. Um, one we did was uh, a ghost one. So when you die, you'll come back as a little ghost. So you can bump into people who are still alive and take them out before. Or they can shoot you and jump or jump on your head and take you out for good. Um, different modes. Um, there's one that just you try to get as many kills as possible to get to whatever kill amount that you set first or last one standing. Uh, so there's team deathmatch was another one. So there's a few different game modes. Um, the only issue really with it is that there is no online play. It's local multiplayer only, which is kind of a huge bummer, honestly. Um, really, yeah. one of the biggest travesties in my life. <laughs> I could see us playing that a lot if it was online. Yeah. Do you remember uh, James 
one of my former roommates, also a friend of mine. Um, maybe not not the James that we thank for coming to see every week, but the other James. Yes, he he is the one who introduced me to Towerfall because he had it on his PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And after he was my roommate, we would go over to his house a lot and play it all the time. And we played it so much just because there were enough people who lived there who just had a good time with it. And I don't know. It's very addicting. Yeah. And like the rounds are short too, which is also a kind of nice thing. Like a round or like, I guess you call it a round. Um, of a match can be over in seconds if people like like you can get shot and then shot in the back and someone else shoots the other person and then it's over like so fast it can go so fast so it's a really fast pace which is a lot of fun too as as for the campaign there's not really much of a story other than there's bosses you have to fight that's in the uh the expansion has bosses you fight, and then the main campaign is just waves of enemies come, and you try to eliminate each wave. Yeah. And there's there's a few bosses in, in that one as well, and there's the waves in the, the expansion as well. But what's fun about the campaign is the main campaign you can do with two people, and then the Dark World DLC you can do four player missions with people and so oh, that's cool that's got, got a lot of fun in it as well um yeah is that included on the switch version i believe so i would assume it is yeah the switch version also has madeline and what's her name Badeline, the dark madeline. Yeah, yeah something like that uh they're also included as playable characters in this I don't know if they are on PC or anything, but a lot of cool ways to unlock new characters as well. Oh, really? Maybe I should play, yeah. try to play through the campaign or something. Yeah, there, okay. there's some that you'll have to look up because the way you unlock them is very obtuse. But it's cool, kind of seeing like in some levels, there's like little hidden codes in the background. And then you like learn to like put them together and stuff. And I guess that's a spoiler, but <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have ever looked for that if I had known probably. Isn't, isn't this game like 10 years old by now? Yes. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much you have to worry about spoilers. It's also doesn't really have a story, at least. <laughs> and it doesn't. Maybe there's a story in the background of the game or hints at a story but there's not like a real like this is the story of towerfall right yeah but i agree that was really awesome to see everybody have a good time with it yeah like everyone I, did even my uh my nieces played it on sunday too with us and we're tr- starting to figure it out too after a few rounds that's fun i i wonder similar vibe i wonder if they would like duck game or if that's there's too much going on in that one. I don't know. They might. I feel like that's a very similar vibe, just much more silly. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like Tower Falls a bit tighter. 
and easy, I, I feel like it is a bit simpler where there's just one weapon and that's all you got to know. Yeah, yeah, really. Like people figured out, oh, you open a chest and you get different arrows. People figured out the bomb arrows and the trigger arrows and stuff pretty easily. Like it's pretty self-explanatory. Even if you don't notice you have it and you shoot it and you really see what it does, like it's, yeah, people figure it out pretty easily. Yeah. So if you ever ever need a game to play with a group of people, even if they maybe don't play too many games, that's a good one because there's only like really three buttons, a jump, shoot, and dash. That's all you really need. Beautiful. In life and in Towerfall. <laughs> jump, shoot, and dodge. Yep. Well, Paul, do you have anything for us today? In your I mindscape? Do. I do have some things in my mindscape. Not enough people ask me about my mindscape, so I really appreciate that. Mindscape. You're welcome. <laughs> um, my, my pre-thing... I really want to play Marvel Snap. Have we talked about Marvel Snap on the podcast? I don't remember. I think what we did Marvel last week. Snap? Marvel Snap is Maybe a new <laughs> digital digital ECG. No, but that would be hilarious. But a wild Marvel Iron Snap <laughs> a wild Iron Man appeared. <laughs> uh, Throw an apple at Spider-Man. <laughs> And, you know, take pictures of Spider-Man. That, that's already canon. That works. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a photographer for the Daily Bugle. You go around to find pictures of superheroes. Your goal is to get Peter Parker fired. <laughs> you're, you're playing as Eddie Brock. <laughs> and if you fail, he, Peter Parker comes and says, I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. <laughs> wow. Should we stop talking about this at a public forum? Because we're going to make so much money. <laughs> we'll never get the licensing rights. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know. They seem to give the license to just about anybody these days. <laughs> Everyone's making a Marvel game. Uh, that's true. Either that or you make it a, what do you call it? Like a Pokemon Go thing instead of a right. You do the same thing. Just take pictures instead. Oh, like an AR game? Yeah, like walk around game. and find the superheroes? You look up on a building and Spider-Man's crawling up the side of it and you take a picture yeah. of it. So, and then if you Dang. crawl up the building yourself, you get a better picture and better points. <laughs> That'll go just fine. That one actually is really good, though. Like, I can see people getting really into that. Like, walk around and find superheroes in your neighborhood and take pictures of them. <laughs> Then again, the the Minecraft Earth seemed like a really good idea, and that did not work at all. So, That's true. Yeah. What do I know? But anyway, Marvel Snap is actually a new collectible card game, digital collectible card game, made by a bunch of people who left Blizzard after making Hearthstone, and people from so they're like a new indie studio made up of people who who made games like Hearthstone and, and other games. Um, but like games are capped to six turns and they say most games should take three minutes or less. And it's, oh, wow. it's mobile first, but it will be on PC as well. 
but there's a closed beta happening right now and I got into the Discord and people are talking on there like crazy about all their strategies and stuff and it's the first time I've like joined a Discord and been like it's the first time the Discord has made me want to play the game more a lot of time I join the Discord and I'm like uh never mind and I immediately leave and I don't care about it anymore but this one like the main thing that's got me is they um Instead of like holographic, because that doesn't really make sense in a digital setting, they have like variant art as like the rare versions of cards. That's cool. And they like, there's like 8 bit style, and then there's like other artists that they've like selected to do a bunch of pieces. And so you can have like the whole variant set. Anyway. I don't know, like, I just, I think about it all the time, and I keep checking my email to see if I'm invited to the beta. Um, I just really, really want to play it for some reason. But, tiding me over, yeah. I'm really mad because you're reminding me about what I was thinking about talking about for my one thing the entire week, and then I just forgot about it <laughs> while we were recording. But I won't get into it. I've already taken my time. But being in the closed beta and hearing a community get excited about something reminded me of that. Continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you even want to mention a title of what you're talking about? Uh, Blaseball is what uh, I, I have a lot to say about that. And I'm very yes. excited by the concept, but. We'll get into it another time. Well, we'll circle back around to it. Maybe that's like a whole episode after after our hiatus. We get really into it. Uh, anyway. Uh, but what's what's tiding me over is after I don't know how long. I, th- I think it's four years. Diablo Immortal released today on mobile and it releases tomorrow on PC. And so I've been trying that out today and it truly feels like no compromise. Just it's just a full Diablo game from what I can tell. I've only played um, like a chunk of hours in Diablo three. I never played Diablo two or Diablo one, but especially compared to Diablo three, it it seems like I'm playing just new content in that same game. It doesn't even really feel like a new game. It just feels like Diablo 3 on your phone. But now there's other players running around everywhere because it's it's more explicitly an MMO. But like, you know, fully voice acted, cinematics, um, big areas, um, story, like it... it does not feel like a phone game. It feels like a full Diablo game that just happens to be free with a bunch of stuff you can buy in it. Of course, you can get like a season pass and you can get like a login bonus pass and you can buy all kinds of stuff. But um, And then I've been seeing in the in-game chat because it has like universal in-game text chat. I don't know why phone games do that, but they do. I've been seeing a lot of people reacting very positively in the in-game chat, like that mm. it's way better than they expected. And like lots of people saying, like, I played Diablo for years and this this actually feels so good. I'm so excited. So 
seems to be off to a good start. Um, but when I get into Marvel Snap, I'm immediately switching to that. But so far, <laughs> I'm having fun with Diablo Immortal. <laughs> Are you a big Diablo fan, Paul? Not at all. I've only played like a little bit of Diablo 3. I, I, I think I played like, I think there's five chapters and I played like two and a half. <laughs> so no, not a huge Diablo fan, but, but also so what, it, what made you weird. excited about this one? Well, I wasn't like super excited about it. I just, I, they announced it. I need to look it up when they announced it. Um, it's been like, I swear it's been like four years. Four years. Yeah. Um, so I just like you can like pre-register for stuff on like the Google Play Store. So as soon as that was available, I just pre-registered out of curiosity. And they've been promoting it in the Google Play Store like for all that time. So I've like never been able to forget about it because it's always like, there. I don't know. It just always popped up in the Google Play Store as like pre-register, even though I already was pre-registered. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that too. Yeah, it just was always there. So it's felt like so long. Yeah, 2018 is when it was announced. And there's there's never been this kind of cycle for a phone game. Like I've I've never heard this much about a phone game coming out for 4 years. Like it, you know, you do about like AAA big releases. But this is the first time the big AAA release was mobile and and now it's here so it's just interesting to get into it and you know i'm always looking for actually quality mobile games that will actually stick around for more than a week so i was excited about it in that sense that it might be something that stays on my phone for a while yeah <laughs> um but yeah like i said if i get into the marvel snap beta i will switch immediately but so far, it's fun. Like it, it's really smooth, and it feels really good. Like the the abilities are really cool. I picked a necromancer class, and really fun to like summon different kinds of skeletons that do different things to fight alongside you, and to have like your little horde of skeletons following you around, killing all the 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 ghouls and the demons and the vampires. By the way, shout out to vampire fans. Yeah, another game for you guys. Vampire fans are, are really feasting. Vampire gamers, like, they got to be losing their minds this year. <laughs> Just so much vampire content. Congrats to, to you guys. Um, uh, what's the graduation song sound like? Da, 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 da. That one? Yeah. Will you sing that real quick? <laughs> yeah, Again. Sure. You ready? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Vampire fans. <laughs> da, 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 da. That was <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Shout out to uh Cameron Harris, the guy I used to work with, who must be having the best year of his life. <laughs> he loves vampires. <laughs> Did he play a lot of games, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> Do you think if Marvel Snap becomes popular enough, they'll make a physical version? 
Uh, I do don't know. Exclusively so, be digital. I feel like from what I've seen of some of the abilities, it like you'd have to significantly change it to make it physical. Yeah, like okay. some cards, like one card ability that I saw today said, you only draw this card on turn six and never before. Mm, yeah. So like, and there's a lot of like reduce all the power of people at this location or like, so like, that's the other thing that's exciting about it is it, it feels like we've done a lot of digital card games now that this one feels like it's like native digital. Like it's not like yeah. they wanted to make a, a physical card game and they were like, oh, but it's going to be digital. So we're going to play around with a couple little things. It's like it feels like it's digital to the core, like. You, you know, you can tell it's made by people who've made digital card games before, so they've had a lot of ideas, and so it's it's pretty digital first. But That's that cool. being said, they could make like the core mechanics of it. I think could work as a physical version, but it would be like a like they'd have to adapt it. It couldn't be like a straight like this is the exact same Captain America. That's it. Marvel Snap Digital. Yeah. It actually, I think it steals a lot from Gwent of all games. Mm. And that's another interesting part of it. It's like a every game has three locations. There's like 50 locations in the game, but every game has three of them placed randomly. And then you play cards to locations and you win the game by winning two out of the three locations. So like cards bring a certain amount of power to the location and then you have to have more power in that location than your opponent and you win two out of three to win the whole game um yeah so there's a lot of like modifies the power so that it can swing back and forth um that would be hard to translate those particular abilities but maybe there could be some tabletop version of it yeah I was just thinking about that. I remember playing the Adventure Time game with my friend, uh, friend of the show, Nick, who I think I saw him playing it on his phone and then they made it into a real card game. I can't remember what came first, actually, but. Ring a bell to anybody? I yeah, I think I tried it on digital. Like just once. I don't remember the details, but I think you're right that they did both digital and physical. Interesting stuff. Not that I need a reason to be buying a bunch of Marvel cards at the store. (laughs) And like most things, they will be impossible to find. So the barrier to entry will already be huge. Yeah. (laughs) So don't make a physical version of this Marvel. Yeah, it will cause a lot of grief in my life. Don't do it to me. Well, let's get into our topic for today. Uh, A few significant trailers came out recently and Summer Games Fest is going to be this summer. And so we're going to talk about that. It's it's basically summer uh reveal time 
for uh, for games. E3 has been shifted away. And now it's either a random trailer is dropped or it's part of Summer Game Fest. And so we're just going to be discussing that the trailers that have come out recently, what Summer Game Fest will be like, and we'll throw in some predictions of what we think is going to happen this summer. So let's start with what's been released. Uh, a few days ago, we had a trailer for or a Jedi Survivor, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Did any of you guys watch this trailer? Yes, Did any I of you guys it. play Jedi Fallen Order? <clears throat> I watched yes. the trailer 10 minutes ago. Not 10 <laughs> minutes ago, just kidding, but kind of. Um, and I played like the very opening level of... <laughs> Fallen Order. All right. I played all of Fallen Order, and I've watched this trailer at least twice, maybe three times. Okay. I did you watch it with sound? <laughs> yes, I did. Because <laughs> I didn't. Because we were recording. <laughs> Brilliant. I also played Fallen Order, uh, and I enjoyed it. And I watched the trailer and the trailer looks good. I enjoyed Fallen Order in the sense that there was was a lot of Star Wars content coming out, but that was one of the things that invigorated my enthusiasm for Star Wars again was the story in, in Fallen Order and just a fun time. I don't know how many times you can find out a Jedi survives Order sixty six, but you gotta. It's it's pretty much the only <laughs> way you can incorporate a Jedi, right? Yeah. Uh, in that time period, and so I often try to ignore it. But uh, well, how many times have they done this? The only time, I th- other time I can think of is what? There's Yoda, Kenobi. What's the Star Killer's dad, or whatever, and this guy, uh, Kanan Jarrus, also. Well, and Ahsoka, and Ahsoka, and Ahsoka, <laughs> yeah. Who's the and you, you guys say, haven't Ryan? watched Obi? You guys haven't watched Obi One yet, clearly. The first I watched nope. the first episode, but I did not watch the second or third. Oh yeah, that guy in the first episode. Yeah, well, and all the kids in the very first episode, the very beginning of the first episode. Uh oh, do they do a youngling killing? Yeah, that is the very first scene of the show, and my wife and I oh, were gosh. both like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it. I I'm pretty sure it's it's in the comics as well, and it's kind of there basis of that era of star wars is the inquisitors are hunting the remaining jedi right that escaped and so there's a handful of them still there more than a handful yeah um but yeah it makes sense I, logistically in my head though yeah because in the Nothing episode right. three it just shows a bunch of jedis getting shot while they're like at, in battles and stuff 
Right. And like a different what about planet. the Jedi's that weren't in battle with the clones? Yeah. So I I guess sometimes I wonder, could they have done a different thing? But <laughs> like Ooh, most what about Star Wars someone fans? who realizes uh, they're force sensitive and then becomes a Jedi. That is uh that is part like, of Star Wars Rebels. Uh uh-uh, right. like well and Grogu from the Mandalorian. Yeah. There you go. All right. Never mind. I'm out of ideas. Anyways. <laughs> uh one thing that surprised me from this trailer for the the new game, it it's a mouthful for me to switch between Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. I guess I could say Survivor instead, but um you don't see a lot of the crew you kind of assemble. Yeah, you don't, I don't think you see any of them, do you? Yeah. You only see Cal. Cal is the main character for people wondering. Yeah. The redhead, he was also in Malcolm in the Middle, the kid who wore oven mitts all the time. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. It's come so far. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting, too, that, like, almost everything was new. And, you, you, like, you only see Cal at the very end. Yeah. Everything was just, like, hints at other stuff. And um, if you, like, read descriptions that were put out with this trailer, it says it takes place five years later, which seems oh, wow. like a huge jump. Yeah. It, it seemed like they were about to... Like the the way the game ends, there it seems like there's an adventure right yeah. around the corner. Like they're just like, okay, now we're the crew, and this is the thing we do. But I I guess we're just gonna jump to yeah, we tried that for a while, and now I'm on my own, and I'll probably get reunited with people from the first game one way or another. Yeah. Um. But that also kind of bums me out because by the end of that game, I really liked that crew. Yeah. So if if they're not still around and it's just like, yeah, it's just a person I knew one time, I'm going to be kind of sad. Yeah, he's got his trusty robot beep boop. So at <laughs> least he's still got him. I don't remember the robot's name, but I it's like it. BD1. BD1. That's so right. Too far off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you know. I've heard it both ways. Beep boop. Beep boop. BD1. BD, BD1. The um, question I have is who's in the big tank thing? That, that is the, I mean, that's obviously that the, the question yeah. of the trailer. Yeah. Um, it's not obvious. Uh, I'm sure there's tons of theories, but it's not obviously anybody from the first game. Who, what, are, is, what are some of the better theories you've heard? The one I saw, which is how I, learned that there was even a trailer to begin with is it's Starkiller from the Force Unleashed games. That is the one I heard too, uh, which would be an interesting choice. But he has much more hair in this than he did in the Force Unleashed games. Well, were those were those technically called no, they're just called Star Wars the Force Unleashed. Yeah. because Weren't there other Star Wars Jedi games? Yes, but I forget what they're called. 
but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, like, is this Jedi technically Academy Jedi Knights? Jedi Knight is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, Star Wars Jedi Knight, and well, Star Wars Jedi Knight colon Jedi Academy. So I guess Star Wars Jedi is a different franchise. We're not gonna like say that Star Wars Jedi is in the same franchise as Star Wars Jedi Knight, are we? Like, no, I don't. I don't think series? they will. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. I think those ones were were put into the Legends bin. I don't think uh, the after Force Bottom. Unleashed is not right. still canon, technically. It is not. Oh, it was really? also put in the, the Legends oh, bin, okay. yeah. I thought that was after Disney bought it. But they do uh, do often do things to kind of bring characters back from old properties like that. Right. And so I would, I do think it would be interesting if they... They tied it into Force Unleashed. Uh, I also wonder about the remake of Knights of the Old Republic. Will everything be canon in that again when it comes oh, out? That is a good question. Mm. A good I haven't thought about that. Uh, I do. Th- I've thought about that because I wrote a Star Wars theme song and used some lore from that game. And then Disney bought Star Wars, and then I was like, well, great, now this can never be canon. My one dream. (laughs) That might come full circle. But if it's back, Gorak meat is back on the the table. (laughs) I can't wait. Let's start a petition. (laughs) Um... Thrawn is the one I wanted to mention. As the, wasn't that extended universe guy, and then they uncanonized him, and then they've recanonized him. Yes. The thing with Thrawn, though, is they canonized him, but is he the same character as uh, the Legends okay. character? Right. Uh, but I, I think they've had the same author who wrote those books write new books with him in it. So I'm pretty sure he's like taken stuff, but I think in their attempt to not have to worry about what's been previously laid before them, they just kind of say, yeah, these things could have happened before Disney bought Star Wars, but these are the things that for sure happened. And so I think they take influence, but you can't really say they're canon, according to Disney. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they might play with that. They yeah. Bring back some older games. Or it might be like clearly inspired by, but not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's this trailer did not reveal much. Did it give a date? Like did it say twenty twenty three or anything like that? I just said twenty twenty three. No, it did say 2023, though. Yeah. Okay. It's it's interesting because people were speculating it was coming out this year. Right? Uh, Maybe. Okay. I I didn't see a ton of that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I thought there were some rumors floating around that it was going to be end of the year, but... Yeah. 
Not I happening. Um, False. Not true. Well, will you guys play this game? I based feel like on I this need to play the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. My problem was I started it and thought, this is a cool game. And then Elden Ring came out. Mm, yes. The curse of Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, I will probably end up playing this game, but it's not like one of my most anticipated games. Yeah, I I think I bought Fallen Order on its like first big sale. And I could see myself doing something similar with Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on yes. to let's go Sonic Frontiers. New trailer just dropped for that. Paul, as the father of resident Sonic <laughs> expert. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, let, let's hear about what this means for the the Bills household. Yeah, so I did watch this with my son today. Uh, it's it's less of a traditional trailer. It's actually more of like a like it feels more like like just gameplay, a, like a tech demo more than even final gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's pure traversal. There are no enemies shown. And it's like seven minutes long. Is the traversal... The same trailer? Well, there was one trailer that was like... There was like a minute teaser. No, and then today yeah. they dropped like a seven minute full gameplay. I saw a three hour... Or not three hour. <laughs> three hour. A three minute one that showed enemies. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, and I'm just noticing. Oh no, I saw a 39 second one, and then I saw a one minute 55 one that shows him fighting enemies. Oh, yes, yeah. So I did see those as well. Okay, but the one that dropped today as part of like the IGN first is pure traversal. Okay. Yes, I did not watch that. So, I, I guess, yeah. So the, like, the one minute one is just a lot of like hints. Um, there's some Horizon Zero Dawn vibes to like this giant robot that you're fighting, um, and apparently, I saw a headline that this trailer got Breath of the Wild trending on Twitter yet again because everyone's making comparisons. It it does feel all in on the open world thing, which could be very, very interesting for Sonic. And so I think it's smart that they followed up with the seven minute traversal thing, because when you say open world Sonic, the question, I think one of the first questions that should come in your mind is like, how does that work? Because Sonic is just all about running. Like what? How do you translate just running fast to the open world and the seven minute trailer shows a lot of fun ways that they deliver on that. There's a lot of like classic now classic, like 3d Sonic tropes, like the, like the grinding rails and the, the bumpers that link together. So you hit one bumper and it launches you up like diagonally. And then you hit another one that launches you back another way. And 
Um, they added some interesting new things that I haven't seen before. They might be in some games, but I haven't seen them like sticky walls that Sonic can run up the wall. Um, they showed like traversal puzzles where you have to like light up certain um, tiles on the ground, like in a certain pattern without like you can't touch the same tile twice. Basically, you have to make the the, the tile in like one line. You have to make the pattern in one line on the tiles. So a lot of promise there. But there was also this weird feeling of like, this feels way too empty. Like this feels like way too early of like a tech demo style. Let's just get how he'll move around the world. If this game is really coming out this year. Um, you know, it could have been just on purpose that they like removed all the enemies and just wanted to show traversal. But it, it made me honestly a little nervous. I was like, is this game really ready to come out this year? Like, yeah, it's, it feels like we're in a tech demo stage. <laughs> I agree. There are some spots where too, where like when he was like, he bounced off a bumper onto a sticky wall thing, ran up and then jumped up off the wall and went back down. And like the camera, like gave me whiplash. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I was trying to keep up with them. Like there's a few things I noticed. I like, it looks good. Like, and like the environment yeah. looks really nice. Like, and the animation there is, is pretty a, solid, but like there's, yeah. There's a great feeling of speed at some parts where you just can like really get going, like tearing through the world, which could be yeah. really, really cool. Because that's that's the Sonic fantasy. It's just like the the mega speed. So if you can nail that at an open world setting, it could it could just be really cool. Um, but yeah, I want to see how it all comes together. So like I think what we were shown today was not real gameplay. It wasn't like the full game as it will run on your machine. It was like a a stripped down gameplay like a, a tech demo style gameplay. So apparently IGN is going to be covering this all month with all kinds of reveals. Um, so we'll see what other details come out. But it, yeah, so it definitely got my son excited. He really got excited by like the running up the walls. Uh, it was kind of funny because he was like criticizing the person that was running the game because they like there were like collectibles on the ground that in the trailer Sonic doesn't pick up and my son kept being like come on Sonic why'd you miss that those rings yeah so but he definitely got excited by um just all the ways to like run up walls and bounce off stuff and and move between different like traversal methods um, that is one of my favorite parts of open world games. You know, it's it's what made Spider-Man so fun was top tier traversal. So if you do that as Sonic, that'll be a, a huge selling point for me. Yeah. Do you think it will be more fun to uh, go around the world in this game or in Forspoken? Yeah, that is a good question. Um Forspoken definitely looks cooler from what we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I would lean Forspoken from what I've seen of the two. Yeah. But we'll see how it feels when you're actually doing it yourself. Forspoken could also not be as easy to actually traverse in the cool ways we've seen in the trailers, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Whereas Sonic, I was like, okay, I know exactly what the controls will be for this because it is elements of other 3D Sonic games kind of mixed and matched and expanded. So I, I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching this right now, volume off, Curtis style, and I. I I think it looks really cool, actually. And there are a few parts where I'm seeing the guy skip over enemies and just like running past them. But what I like about it is it gives me Grand Theft Auto vibes, which is a game I've never played. But when I see videos of like stuff people have made, it's just the Grand Theft Auto City and they've thrown a bunch of random stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the, oh, And yeah. like. I feel like that's kind of what the vibe this is giving me is you've got this like horizon breath of the wild style world, but they just threw a bunch of assets everywhere. So you can like get a bunch of speed boosts. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I, it looks cool to me. Like that kind of sounds yeah. like a dig at it, but like it, it no, does it look like they, They've got some cool stuff going on here. Yeah, it does seem like you'll be able to like just kind of get in a flow of like hit the boost, do the things, you know, go up a tower, jump off. Yeah. Um, kind of reminds me of the Pathless, um, which mm, was yeah. that indie game where it was like it was all about hitting the gems throughout the world to keep going faster. Um, which that did that was genuinely fun. So if it is kind of that plus some sonic style combat with some different weird enemies like as we get in like the minute and a half thing you do see very different looking enemies they don't look like sonic enemies we've seen before they're like weird like more abstract robots that like they don't really have like eyes or faces or even like arms and legs they're all like different weird shapes <laughs> so it could be really interesting like this could be kind of a breakout for Sonic, um, which would be cool if it was. Like, if, if Sonic is, like, suddenly mainstream hype again, that would be awesome. Yeah. What do you think of what this, what's the deal with this bird? I was wondering that, bird. too. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like the model just floats in. Like, uh, Sonic, like while you're running? The yeah, the, yeah. Like, the, like, seagull thing? Yeah, yeah it's like I don't its know. wings aren't flapping. It's not, like... Doesn't have. It looks like it's just floating there. Like there's no re air resistance or anything. It's, right. It could be idea. like a a Ghost of Tsushima style. Like we don't want to do a UI element. We want to guide you to something by having an animal float in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I first thought. That like it's trying to show you somewhere to go. Like if you follow it, but if you don't follow it, it just kind of floats off again. Yeah. All right. There's a lot of interesting looking like puzzles on here too. Like there's Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot I of really it feels like puzzles. Like random, like what Ryan said, just a lot of random things put together in a yeah. So like judging from this, it's hard to like judge what you're supposed to be doing. You know? Yeah, that's why that's why I say it feels like a tech demo. It doesn't feel like a full complete yeah. game. It just like, feels like here's some ideas we have. Yeah, like now he's in a hamster wheel mm. powering something up. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there's, I don't know, it kind of looks like the Korok seed thing, but like there's little signposts and you can go find a puzzle or some task to do. Right. Uh, 
it seems like it kind of you get these like question mark signs and when you figure out what the question mark sign wants you to do you like unlock a new area or it like changes something um all right so here's my question do you think we see tails in this game yes do you think so, we see knuckles yes do you think, think we like, see rogue the bat is it a rouge or rouge i was gonna say uh-oh have we been saying it wrong at my house it's rouge. uh i'm pretty sure it's rouge um so i don't know how much of a departure it will be like sonic forces had like literally every sonic character ever even being the dynamite uh okay maybe you didn't have being <laughs> the dynamite even jet the hawk I'm trying to remember if Jet the Hawk was in it. I actually was just thinking of Jet as soon as I said that. Is that the even... bird that we saw in the trailer? <laughs> is that Jet? No, even Jet is, is greed. Even Mighty the Armadillo. Oh, I he don't think cool. Was it? Was Mighty new for Sonic Mania? Even Sally Acorn. <laughs> even Charmy B. Uh, is Charmy B in? I don't remember. Okay, so maybe I'm not. Constantly, I just have a list of Sonic characters in front of me, <laughs> and I'm constantly surprised when Paul's like, I don't know if Charmy B is in that one. Oh, well, you have to remember, <laughs> we've read the comics in my house. Oh, and, wow. And, and everyone definitely is in the comics. <laughs> the Even comics is... Bark the Polar Bear. <laughs> okay, I've never heard of Bark the Polar Bear. So. Or so... Bunny Dekulet. I don't think I've heard about is he either. a bunny or is he, his name? Bunny? I'm getting getting to the uh, the end of the <laughs> the list that I they don't look familiar to me. Mammoth Mogul uh, yeah, stands out to one. me, who looks like Kingpin but with an elephant head. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is there's so many Sonic characters, and there's still only one villain. It's always uh, I'm looking at that crocodile guy. I thought he was a bad guy. Well, there's like other villains, but they all always like end up serving or okay, yeah. like being lesser than Eggman. Oh, OK. Yeah, I was looking at Snivelly Robotnik. Oh, I don't know. I've, I've not heard of that one. I don't know. These these are probably really low tier <laughs> characters that they probably yeah. are like everyone forget who these guys are. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there are other villains. There's like the six or whatever. I can't remember or the five. I'm looking at Doom's like, Eye. Uh, well, no, I think it's like Zavok. And yes, I see him on here. His crew, but I think I'm pretty sure they like work for Eggman or like. Eggman brings them in or something. So there's still like, there's no other like main villain, I think, still in like the entire history of Sonic. There's never like a game that Eggman does not show up in, at least as far as I know. Interesting. Hmm. Well, so yeah, I definitely want to see more of this. It's, I mean, it's definitely more interesting at like first glance than like Sonic Forces or any of the other 3D Sonic recently. So yeah, I'm super interested to learn more. What's the what would you say is the 3D Sonic game to play? 
if you had to choose um, one because I, I I know there's a lot of fans. I know that yeah. there are ones people say are better. I'm, I haven't found one I've connected with. I'm pretty sure Colors is considered by a lot of people the best of the 3D Sonics. Um, I think Sonic Forces was better than people gave it credit for because it came out around the same time as Mania. And so everyone just talked about Mania. But I don't I think Sonic's Forces is pretty solid. All right. There you go. Um, one question. After uh, the movie and everything, because like it feels like the past few years, the only um Sonic I've seen is the movie Son- Sonic from the movie. Right? Uh, uh-huh. It feels does it feel weird to you guys that his arms aren't blue now? <laughs> Uh, not to me because I've seen multiple forms of Sonic media. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will be honest. I didn't even notice his arms were blue in the movie. (laughs) Well, now that it's, I've seen it in the movie like that. I even seen, I think I've seen like part of the first movie is all, but I've seen it promoted so much. That's like the Sonic in my head now. And now seeing like the old video game Sonic with his weird, not blue arms. Like, does he not have fur on his arms? It's weird. I think his arms should be blue always. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I think I can't even really see. Oh, you're right. His arms are not blue. They're like they're like the same color as his like stomach, belly, whatever. Yeah, I I did not notice that. And now it right. really throws me off because I feel like his arms should be blue. The que- the question I have is, I really want to know if they had kept the original Sonic for the movie, which is now dubbed Ugly Sonic on the internet, I think. What would Tails and Knuckles have looked like in in the parallel dimension where they stuck to their guns and kept the original design? That's a good question. I really want to know. Tails would have looked like the fox from Carfax. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I see that. I don't know what Knuckles would look like. Yeah, it would just be like just a, red, a man ugly with... Sonic with gloves. Yeah. A man with an octopus hat. <laughs> like, there has to be concept art somewhere, right? I really want to know <laughs> what they would have yeah. done. Uh, do you know why he's dubbed as Ugly Sonic right now? Because uh, of Chip and Dale, right? Yes, I will get into it. But well, I thought he was always called Ugly Sonic. I mean, yeah, but some cruel people. They they were calling. He has a cameo in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Is that yeah. what it's called? On Disney Plus, like that design of Sonic exists in that show, randomly. And I would say I watched it. I would say it's more than a cameo. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so weird. Like. Disney doesn't normally do non-Disney crossovers, right? Uh, it, Is this I, like a big deal? Do I need to watch the show? I don't know if you need to watch it. It is surprising how many non-Disney characters are in that movie. I'll just say that. Interesting. They they went all out for it. Um, super interesting. But I don't know. It It's one of those things to me that... It's better than what I heard the new Space Jam was, but 
for me, it was a bit too like, let's race through this plot so you can see how many cameos we have in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but it, I mean, there were some solid jokes and it wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't like one that I'll think about ever again, probably. <laughs> right. Um, real quick before we move on. Do you think that Nicole the Hollow Links will be in this game? <laughs> I I do not. Okay. Because I've never heard of that character. I would be honestly sad though if there's not like a good number of of the core characters. Like if if we don't get Amy the Hedgehog and Shadow and Tails and Knuckles, like I would be pretty sad if it's like Sonic got sent to another dimension all by himself and we get none of the other characters oh kind of bummed me out honestly yeah it'd be interesting yeah. it would be really fun to be able to play as all the characters too yeah that but cool. let's talk about pokemon uh the trailer for pokemon violet and scarlet trailer 2 just dropped um, the big things is they introduced a few, uh, new Pokemon. They let you know that, uh, there's going to be four player, uh, multiplayer online. There's a different professor for each game. Uh, many people on the internet are commenting on how attractive they are. As they do with the the Pokemon professors. I was gonna say, like that's just Pokemon now. Like, why are you being surprised about attractive characters in Pokemon? It kind of seems to be their play. <laughs> I I think this one is surprising because they're making you choose between two. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Is, have they ever done one that has like two different professors, depending on what game you buy? No, they this is the first time. Um, and the other big news is. They show the legendaries. Am I forgetting anything? Lechonk. Uh, Lechonk. Well, we'll get the same thing. <laughs> um, so it's open world too. Yes, it is open worlds. They did previously mention that, but I, we get a better sense of what that means in this one. And with the mm-hmm. four-player multiplayer. Uh kind of changes the game. They also mention on the website there is not a set order for which gym you go to. You can do the gyms in any order. Which is a cool detail. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. Does that mean the last gym will be like a total pushover? Or do you think they like scale somehow? I, that I was wondering about that too, actually. Um uh, I'll I'll look it up as you guys continue to talk. See if they said anything else. Yeah. Well, I would assume that they s- scale the gyms probably, but yeah, that would be weird if not. But yeah, I'm trying to think um, if there's any other news. Well, you get a good so look one at thing, just like the world and stuff too. That's one fun. thing that caught my eye was there's a line. Um, where you meet the rival and she says are you these three's trainer and then 
the protagonist throws out one of the starters. And it made me wonder, do you get all three starters? Or like, what does that line mean? Yeah, that's... Uh... That's interesting. Or do you just like have three Pokemon somehow by the time? Or is the answer to that question no? And you're like, no, only this one. These other two Pokemon just happen to be here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Ryan and I were talking about this before we recorded, but I'm also um, very curious how the how the four player co op that they talk about here will actually work. Like, what happens when you go into a battle? Do you battle four wild Pokemon with your four friends? Is it like a Gigantamax battle? Battle, except every single time. Because, like, a lot of Pokemon is just grinding super weak Pokemon. Like, I don't know how fun that will be in four-player co-op. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Unless it's like a... Yeah. yeah I don't know. I'm curious if it'll be how the open world will work. If it's kind of like what they did in Arceus, or if you have to battle each Pokemon that you want to try to catch. I don't know. Well, and... Sorry, that's the other thing. Did we talk about it? Looks like it has Arceus catching mechanics. Like there was definitely there was definitely sneaking behind a Pokemon, and then like just throwing a Pokeball without going into a battle. So yeah, like I guess the more I talk through this and we like add up the pieces, um, it it could really feel different than previous Pokemon games, just with all the little things adding up. Yeah. This could actually end up being pretty different than Sword and Shield. All right. So the official quote is, you're free to explore at your leisure and not in an order dictated by the story. Yeah. So So it doesn't specifically say gyms, but... I kind of feel I mean, like that's what it's. That should ha- yeah, it would have to include that, I would think. Yeah, but maybe they'll still have like a level, but you can just like grind and go straight to gym three, and then go back to two and one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, sharing my screen. Let's go over each Pokemon that's introduced. <laughs> We've got uh, Pommy. He's like a, I don't know. It says he's a mouse Pokemon. He looks like I've boy. seen comparisons to the enemy in in Kirby. Oh yeah, that is yeah. But yeah, he's I just like of, I didn't think of that, but that's a hundred percent what he looks like. Yeah, but he's got like a like a more concerned face. He's a little fluffier, but. Is this the game's Pikachu? As in most Pokemon games, they have something they have that's pretty similar to Pikachu. It could be. Oh, if you click on it, you get a bigger picture. All right. We've got Lechonk. Uh, 
he's just a pig. Is he crying? I can't tell if that's his eyelid or if it's like yellow tears coming out of it. Does he, does he have a cold? Is it mucus? Yeah. Is it distraught from his eyes? <laughs> yeah, but he's like a black pig. We should mention that LeChonk was a quick internet favorite. Mm, yes. Specifically, just the name LeChonk. A lot of people were saying that's that's got to be one of the best Pokemon names ever already. It is pretty good. It's a good name, yeah. All right, we've also got Smolive. <laughs> Smolive. I, I I feel like that's a good name too. The American team—they're taking some some internet lingo. <laughs> they've yeah. got they've got chonk they got and small with small. s-m-o-l yeah, yeah. small if it's even um, lit chonk isn't that like lingo from like 10 years ago putting an l-e in front of words uh probably that sounds right to me yeah there's something like that all right then we've got kuraiden oh they did reveal the names i didn't know this yeah, um, he's uh, basically he's a bipedal motorcycle monster. <laughs> Got a big wheel coming out of his chest. He uh, looks like, like a ceremonial dragon. Yeah, he's like a <laughs> lizard with the the chest that puffs out. I'm sure yeah. there's a, like an actual lizard like that, right? Yeah, but more wheel like. But now my question is, will you be able to ride him like the motorcycle? <laughs> Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Crazier things have happened in Pokemon. Very true. And then we've got Maraiden, who is kind of like a purple dragon. Uh, he's got jets for legs. He's like a computer. Yeah. In the trailer, like it zoomed in on his eyes a little bit and they're like pixelated. So... Here's here's the theory I've been reading online. And you can see this. I'll I'll pull up the uh the professors. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've heard the same theory. Yeah. So you got Professor Turo and Professor Sada. I didn't realize they revealed all these names. Yeah. And so uh Professor Turo's got like futuristic vibes and this is a spanish based game so people are thinking it's based on futuro uh-huh. uh, which is the word for future in spanish and then future sada has got kind of like caveman garb on and pasada is the word for past uh-huh. um, it's a weird and... look that she's got like caveman clothes but with like a lab cloak cloak over it yeah and so the Pokemon, the Maraiden looks more futuristic as well uh, in Violet. And then there's kind of more of a jungly vibe to Koraiden, uh, who's the legendary of Scarlet. And so I don't know what that entails if just characters and Pokemon will be related to the past and the future, or if the games will actually be set in the past and the future. I doubt that most, most likely they will be the same game with some minor differences. Um, yeah, 
but there's definitely a future and past vibe going on and especially like the pokemon centers we see i don't know if there's anything on here but um she's got fangs interesting um but that's an interesting thing from yeah. the the trailer it definitely seems like like every pokemon game works off very simplistic themes for its story yeah and so it seems like past versus future will kind of be like will will the professors be like kind of rivals and so like if you pick violet you work with Turo, but sada is still in the game but like you're on team Turo, and they're kind of like rivals so yeah. it's kind of like the tension between the past and the future and of course by the end of the game we'll realize that both are important then there'll be harmony yeah I did notice, I wonder if this plays into it too, but on the, I don't know if this is on any of the information they put out on the like internet, but on the store page on the eShop, both of the versions say your outfit will d vary depending on whether you play Scarlet or Violet. Mm, that is interesting. I wonder if that plays into this thing too. Good catch. Um... So here's my thought process. Initially, I was like, Violet is a cooler color than Scarlet, so got to go with Violet. But I think I'm going to have to make this decision at the last second because I know they're going to continue to present information <laughs> that's going to constantly change my mind until finally I'm like, okay, I got to go with this one. I don't like Violet's Legendary. As much as I like Scarlet's legend, legendary. Yeah. Um, I think I like the caveman woman professor more than I like the futuristic man professor. Any, but, any reason why? Um, I don't know. I feel like I've. I've seen too many professors like this guy recently. That's true. Professor Turo. And you know more like Professor Tulo. Oh, <laughs> and maybe that's why. Maybe this fictional character intimidates me and I feel like I don't want to uh feel like he's superior than me the whole game. <laughs> Um, but it does seem like Sada has more fun and Turo is more like go fill business. your Pokedex jerk. Yeah. We but have to here's collect the, all the data. Here's the other thing. Future is better than past, in my opinion. <laughs> and so we've got a 50-50 tie right now. Pur purple is better than red. <laughs> and future is better than past. Right. But the professor and legendary are better in Scarlet. And so not quite sure what I'm gonna choose yet. Uh 
another detail on Nintendo's website that I just found. It straight up says Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet are the first open world RPGs in the Pokemon series. So it's not just like open space. They're fully calling it an open world game. Yeah. Explicitly. Yeah, that's interesting. I will say that this is the first time in a very, very, very long time that I have any interest in a Pokemon game. Wow. We'll see if that changes. I was watching the trailer and I was like, do I want to play this? <laughs> like even like the models and the animations and stuff all seem pretty solid to me too. Like it looks good. Just, yeah. It still yeah, has actually, the weird like background yeah, environment, textures, on textures trees yeah, that kind of stuff. But like the Pokemon themselves look really good. The character models look good to me. Like the animations still look pretty good. Honestly, the like, the character models look inspired by New Pokemon Snap. Like New Pokemon Snap kind of sharpened up the character models from Sword and Shield, yeah. and it looks like they kind of followed that style. Yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of it looks really good. Well, if we know anything, this Pokemon game will sell more than the last Pokemon game. <laughs> and yes, that is whether it's good or bad. <laughs> and people will complain yes. about which about all kinds of things yeah, while they buy complaints. the yeah. double pack and play it for hundreds of hours. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that were that was our thoughts on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the new trailer, and all the other trailers. Um, so Summer Games Fest is coming up. Paul, you wait, wait. you are more knowledgeable. One final detail. Yes, one final please. detail. Pokemon Violet is the number one bestseller in Nintendo Switch games. On Amazon right now, so Violet, at least right now, is the more popular choice. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. I think most people I've talked to have said I'm going to get Violet, and so that makes me think maybe I should be the guy who helps everyone out. The other ones. I'm trying to remember because what was it like last week? Last time we talked about it, I said which one I would get if I were to get it, and I don't remember what i said well don't choose too soon curtis don't go all in on your decision because okay well i don't know if i'm choosing any to be honest still but you gotta wait to see who knows pokemon i'm excited for when you buy it curtis (laughs) (laughs) um all right back to summer games now summer games fest yes you are the more knowledgeable in these sort of things paul so why don't you give us a rundown of what it's going to look like this summer? Yeah, so I didn't prepare you for this, so I apologize. Yeah, no, I I'm not I don't have everything in my head, but a couple of big things coming up very soon. Um tomorrow from the time of recording this, um so on Thursday, June 2nd, um will there will be a PlayStation State of Play, which was announced just on the PlayStation blog, like all of them have been. But then, weirdly, this week, 
Jeff Keighley came out and said, watch PlayStation State of Play, part of Summer Games Fest. So it's been like consumed into Summer Games Fest, I guess, which probably just means that they said they asked Jeff Keighley to help them promote it. And he said, okay, but I'm going to say it's part of Summer Games Fest. And they were like, sure. Um, but so I guess that's officially the kickoff of Summer Games Fest is tomorrow's PlayStation State of Play. But the main show of Summer Games Fest um, is on Thursday. Or is it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday, June 9th. There is supposedly a four-hour event, um, which is kind of the the full Jeff Keighley show. Um, and he announced... Uh, uh, a preliminary list of partners for this show, and it includes tons of names. Bandai Namco, 2K, Activision, Atlas, EA, uh, Humble, Netflix is listed on here, Epic, so all kinds of names. So that is kind of for all intents and purposes, E3 this year will be that Summer Games Fest. Um, but there's still lots of other shows happening. PC game show is still happening. Um, Xbox Bethesda is doing a game showcase on June 12th. Um, there's future game show. There's, um, what is it? Uh, is it day of the devs? There's the, another indie one that's happening. So there's still a decent amount of stuff happening and with new information coming out about Sonic and Pokemon, it just kind of feels like all of a sudden, Oh, there might be like real announcements to be had. <laughs> Whereas before I was kind of writing off this summer as like nothing, nothing big is going to happen. But now it kind of feels like, Oh, maybe there will be a couple you know, a few like actually big, exciting things happening um, at all these things. So we wanted to to make some guesses about across all these different events. What are some exciting things that might happen? Perfect. Um, also important to note, Nintendo is absent from this list. Yes. And so is Ubisoft. Mm. And um, I was just looking this up as I was trying to write my predictions. Uh, apparently, Ubisoft just today said um, that they're going to do something later this year. That's all they said. So I guess we can't expect anything from them in the Summer Games Fest or any like Ubisoft can't remember what they call there. They started doing like Ubisoft Live or something. They started doing basically State of Plays or Nintendo Directs. They did a few, but I don't remember what they call them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, Curtis, Curtis, what Curtis is Curtis this? just blew up the, <laughs> the Discord here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, good. 
No one will ever know because Curtis doesn't want to tell us. <laughs> well, I, I just don't know what this picture is from. It's from yeah, the SpongeBob episode. Okay. There's a fight between a robot and the cave. It's basically the plot that I think Paul predicted of the future and the past fighting, and then they realize that they need to come together, the robot and the caveman fight, and then they come together and put a cool rap song or something together. <laughs> uh, you were saying, oh, Paul? I'm just scrolling through, and I, um, I think it's important to clarify that they did say this PlayStation State of Play is quote an update on third party and psvr2 games so i yeah. guess we should not expect god of war ragnarok tomorrow we that should not expect weird, it's getting to the point where i'm not i'm i'm losing faith in god of war coming out this year there's just been nothing yeah They've they've recently well they recently confirmed it is coming out this year. Yeah, but but is it? <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into predictions then. Yeah. Okay. Because that that is my first prediction. Oh. Okay. Go right. Go right for it. We are going to continue to not hear about God of War this summer. And we are eventually going to find out God of War is delayed one month. That's so it. It's, it it's going to be like Elden Ring. Still, or is it going to suddenly go into January? Mm, I think it's going to be January. Oh, one month out of 2022 into. OK. Yeah. It's not a okay. great prediction, but it but happened with Elden Ring. Yeah. And so I I think they're going to show something about it in the fall and then do a Q1 release. Might not be exactly one month, but about one month. All right. I like that. Um, Curtis, do you want to go next? Uh, sure. I have all these predictions written down, and I feel like none of them are good because... I was doing this last minute. Um, but here's my big one that's probably not going to come true, but I think it'll be interesting. Um, Microsoft gives Fable a new trailer, the new Fable a trailer, with a release date for this holiday season. Wow. And that's their big holiday title. That would be, yeah, they're, everyone thinks nothing's happening, but then they... And they drop that. Yeah, that would be that would be a big redemption for Xbox. They need something like that right now. I'm tempted to say part of my prediction. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be bold and stick with that. If this does actually happen, it's probably gonna get delayed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is, right it, is it to me? Yeah. Uh. This one's a small one, but it's also a selfish one. Neon White, the oh, yeah. the game where you're a demon and you have to clear demons from heaven, and it's like parkour first person shooter by With the guy cards. who made 
Donut County, yeah, had an awesome demo earlier this year. Um, this game will either shadow drop at some point at one of these, like maybe a more indie focused event, or at, if it doesn't shadow drop, it's at least out by the end of June. So it'll be either a full shadow drop or like a almost shadow drop. That's the prediction. That is a good one. All right. My second prediction for the Summer Games Fest. Nintendo will announce a direct during the Summer Games Fest, but with no regard to the Summer Games Fest. And it will be at a weird time. During this direct, they will announce a large portion of the 3DS and Wii U catalog that you can no longer buy will be on the Switch. Interesting. <laughs> Ported or like just any Switch online or anything that makes sense. Well, that's too much. I know they won't do this. I I think the core of my prediction is the weird time, but I think it would be funny if they created this scarcity of people needing to buy stuff on the 3DS and Wii U at the last second because it will never be available again. And then they're just like, here's the all the catalog we can put from that on the Switch. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they've already done that mostly with the Wii U. Have they? I mean, all the good ones, yeah. Well, I'm talking <laughs> buying. Like, this is separate from Nintendo Switch Online. You can buy them all again. Yeah. Yeah, they've ported a bunch of the Wii U games over to the Switch already. Oh, yes. But I'm I'm talking eShop. I'm talking old Nintendo oh, games. okay. I'm talking the uh, the weird indie exclusives. I forgot what they called those, but... The Nindies? Yes, the Nindies. <laughs> um... I, I don't think they could port a lot of the 3DS games or the Wii U games that were tablet-centric. Yeah. I mean, they did do Code Treasure Tracker, but I don't know. It's just a pipe dream of me thinking it would be funny. All these people who were like, I need to buy these games, and then Nintendo's like, they're available on Switch. <clears throat> Yeah, I'll be annoyed if it's like, hey, Kid Icarus is back on Switch. <laughs> I just <laughs> went out of my way to buy that on 3DS. Thanks. I mean, I think that one you're safe on. Yeah. They would they would definitely have to port that because that one needs some some control adjustments for the Switch. Because I think it was heavily relied on touchscreen, right? I think so. I think you uh, aimed with the stylus and moved with the joystick. Yeah. All right, Curtis, what's your next prediction? Has there been a lot of information on PSVR 2, PlayStation VR 2 no. already? No. no, but they did say, they did explicitly say that the state of play will include PSVR 2 titles. 
Mm, hiatus. Okay. I think this will still count then. Um, PlayStation VR 2, release date November, priced at $249.99. Nice. Uh, be real specific side, about it. <laughs> side tangent. Do you think, uh, Curtis, you can be excluded since you do not have a PS5 at the moment? Paul, will you buy PSVR 2? Or have you not. thought about it? Okay. I, I still... There's still not games I want to play for a long time on VR. There's games I want to try, but there's not games I want to play for hours and hours. Got it. So, until that changes, I'm not super tempted by VR. All right. Have you have you tried VR before? Yeah, a few times. Yeah. What games? Uh super hot uh Beat Saber. Um, I don't remember. I tried like way back when PSVR was first coming out. They did like exclusive demos at Best Buy, mm -hmm. and I made a special trip to Best Buy just to try PSVR. And there was some tank game, and it it was fun, but kind of convinced me that I don't need this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. Good to know. I I will say I am tempted because I there are a lot of games that I have enjoyed in VR and I have not regretted getting the VR headset. I don't know if that's true for you, Curtis, but I imagine you feel similarly. Mm -hmm. yeah, I still play it from some time to time. If I had a PS5, though, I don't know if I would get a PS5 or PSVR 2. I, I already have a headset. I think you're in a different position than I am where the quest is better and I still have old rift. That's true. That cool. I have to plug into my computer. And I think what I'm curious about is I do want a new VR headset at some point, but the idea of, new PlayStation games to play, especially if they include the old PSVR library with it. Because I would really love to play Iron Man VR, and I love Until Dawn Rush of Blood. It is sad to me that the only way to play it is on PSVR at the moment, but it mm. makes sense why it is. But it is one of the greater uh, VR experiences in terms of horror and the fact that there are not many rail shooters on VR and that was one of them and that one makes sense for VR but I don't know I'm thinking about it I probably won't because my rift works just fine but yeah well it's the, interesting to compare it to the Oculus Quest though just because I think the like visuals will be a lot better on yeah. the PlayStation VR like way better but it's not going to have the portability, you know? Yeah. Like, but, is, is it wired, too? Yeah, it is wired. Right. But that doesn't bother me as much. Um, 
Although the portability is a nice feature. Uh, it, it does matter. I don't know. I think it all it, for me, it depends on the games more than it depends on the tech, I think. Yeah, but mostly because I I want more VR games because what I have available to me is still impressive. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, VR games they have that are exclusive. So I yeah, think that would the, be the selling point at that point. Yeah. By the time you guys are listening to this, the state of play will have already happened, most likely. And so <laughs> you'll see if there's anything to chat about. I mean, they showed that Horizon trailer. The VR Horizon game. All right. But that's it so far. All right. I've I've rambled on long enough. Paul, what is your next prediction? My next prediction is also just something I want to happen. Um, and it relates to a 2022 prediction way back when we did predictions for the whole year. I am predicting that Somewhere in all of these showcases, maybe an indie one, maybe a PC one, maybe Summer Game Fest proper, we will see the return of Supergiant Games and their follow-up to Hades. It will have nothing to do with Hades. Mm -hmm. It won't be any kind of sequel or anything. It will be some brand new game that I will want to buy immediately. That's an official part of the prediction is that I want to buy it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that happens. Been it's been a couple years since Hades. They could announce something new. Yeah, I I would even bet on it. Well, I wouldn't bet on it, but I agree. And as a reminder, my 2022 prediction was that at some point Supergiant would announce a new game. And that it would be their take on the roguelike deck building genre somehow. Um, that's not part of this prediction. I'm I'm not so sure about that now, but maybe maybe it will be. But this prediction is just that they'll show up and they'll announce something new. That'd be cool. It's a good one. All right. My third prediction. There will be five moments during the Summer Games Fest <laughs> that will be mm, I don't know. What do we, what do we call it at this point? There'll be memes, there'll be Viral, they'll they'll be like weird moments that are kind of cringy. Well, we'll call them cringy moments. Five cringy moments at the Summer Games Fest. <laughs> what did, what uh, was the award we gave? What did we call that? Oh, I'm trying to find the list. The Chance Time Awards. What do we call it? I can't find the list now. 
Yeah, I can't remember either. Um, but yeah, I think five is an upgrade from all the other stuff. It's fewer than before, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I like it. We just called it the most awkward video game presentations slash press conference a moment. Oh, okay. We didn't have a special award for it. So, but you'll be you're saying that there will be five candidates for this category. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. I love it. Will Will Hitler be mentioned this year or not? <laughs> or nine eleven wasn't that mentioned too? Uh, yeah, I think so. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh... Kojima mentioned 9-11. Oh, yes, and, you're right. Uh, Kojima did, yeah. Esposito, what's Giancarlo? Giancarlo Esposito? Yeah. Uh, Hitler. Oh, man, I can't wait for those moments. Yeah, if Nintendo does anything, I hope we see more from the Mario movie. Ooh, Mario trailer? Mario movie it's, trailer? It's gotta be coming soon, right? If it's coming out. Yeah. Oh no, didn't they say they already delayed. said it's delayed? Oh yeah, they yeah. pushed it back. Yeah, so never mind. But potential awkward moment. Chris Pratt debuting his Mario voice. <laughs> I comes like, like the live of Jeff Keeley. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be such a good follow-up to he's so cool <laughs> do you guys think it's gonna be imitation mario generic chris pratt voice or something in between i'm just imagining emmett from the lego movie yeah. which is like just a version of typical chris pratt yeah yeah I imagine that with a bad Italian accent. Oh, Either gosh. that or he tries to do the Mario voice, but it like cracks every once in a while and then you just hear Chris Pratt all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I really mean, weird. with them casting Jack Black as Bowser, Bowser. I feel like they got to be doing actor voices. Right. They're not trying so to like yeah the, the voices you know the just based is, on, on the yeah yeah no i think you're right i just think the problem is no matter what they do it's going to be weird <laughs> because if it's chris pratt doing the mario voice it's going to be strange if it's chris pat pratt doing his just a normal voice as mario that's going to be weird too <laughs> yeah i mean they could go the lego movie route of this is these are people playing with toys or these are people right playing the game and making up voices for them as they go along or something but i don't know that also seems weird for a mario movie yeah they've they've got a, they've got a lot to prove <laughs> mm -hmm. all right curtis your final prediction for the night Oh, I'm conflicted. Which one do you hear? 
trying to remember what my yearly predictions were. Did I meant talk about Silk, Silk Song in that one? I imagine you did, but I can't remember. I don't remember either. Hmm. But it can be separate. You can do the same prediction, but separate for the Game Awards. Or, sorry, Summer Games Fest. I'm not going to, just because I feel like I probably did. <clears throat> um, Let's go with... Shredder's Revenge gets a July release date. Wow. That would be... Incredible. All of mine are release dates. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Totally fine, yeah. Hey, let's do this. Let's take it another step because, I don't know, for some reason I feel like that's a safe one. So what's the, the retro collection one called? I forget. Uh, I have like a the... cool name for it. Cowabunga collection. Yeah, the Cowabunga collection come out in August, a month later. Wow. Like a little one hole right. punch. Turtles for everybody. Yeah, both releases I'm looking forward to. All right, Paul. What do you got for us? It's my last one, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Another selfish one. I'm just I'm just hoping there's things for me at this event, I guess. <laughs> uh, but Atlas is listed as one of the partners for Summer Games Fest. And Atlas publishes Persona. Persona 5 came out in 2016, which kind of blew my mind when I looked that up. I did not realize it had been so long since the release of the original Persona 5. So it's time... Persona 6 will be announced, but there will be no date. Like, not even a year. It will just be confirmation with some sort of short trailer. Persona 6, it's real. It'll give some sense of, like, the aesthetic and, like, the general story, but but not too much information. Just kind of a, yes, it's real, it's happening. Persona 6. I don't know why I thought you were going to say Persona 5 on Switch. That is also possible. That would be funny to me because it's like everyone's, I feel like everyone's just accepted the fact that it's not happening. Right. And then they're going to be like, Even hey, just so you know, it's coming. Maybe it'll be it both. All... It'll be like Persona 6 reveal. Right. And then an after and... it's like, oh, by the way, we're going to port Persona 5 over right. to the Switch finally. There was all that hope when they put Joker in Smash, but it's been years. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's still, well... It's still not even on PC, which is crazy. Well, that's weird. Well, didn't they just get Persona 4 on PC, like, a few months ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I really hope that happens. Yeah, but that being said, I still have like eighty something hours to play a Persona Five. So, 
Yeah, you hopefully I can finish it. <laughs> hopefully I can finish it before episode six comes out. Well, I look forward to that day where you finish Persona 5 and then you go back to Platinum It. Oh, man. Can't wait. Definitely gonna, definitely gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We predicted video games. We predicted some stuff. Um, all right, well... I think that's the end of the episode. We did it. Uh, well, if you have any predictions for this summer, uh, email us at chancetimepodcast at gmail.com. Join the Discord. The link is in the description. Oh, I guess we should get into uh, what's going on for the future of Chance Time, the podcast as well. Yes. Um, for me personally, summer is busy. I am getting married. Uh, next week. And so I figured that was a good time to be like, okay, I, I'm going to take a break from the podcast for a bit. Um, Got a few, a bunch of stuff going on in the summer, so. I personally will not be on the episodes, and I don't know if it's still being determined if Paul and Curtis are going to be doing weekly episodes either. But I was under the impression you guys are doing some episodes. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Has, has not been fully determined. Yeah. yeah. That's a surprise. <laughs> well, if episodes show up, it'll most likely be Paul and Curtis, maybe a guest. Uh, email us or hit us up on the Discord if you d- think you deserve to be a guest. <laughs> um, yeah, please do that. But yeah, I will be back eventually. Right. Take your time. Wow. That was rude. Enjoy. Well, I just mean enjoy getting married and <laughs> having a honeymoon and stuff. No, I will. Back here. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. I am so excited. Uh, Going to be a great moment in my life. Glad I found Charlotte. Uh, but that is. That reminds me of something else that. Maybe might. Uh, maybe, maybe might. Uh, there might be some hints of me. Even when I'm not on the podcast. <laughs> but anyways. That's the future of chance time at the moment. Um, <laughs> anything else? I think we're good. I think we did it. We did All it. All right. Well, thank you for coming to see James and have a great day. Cool. Bye, everybody. Okay, bye.